SAFM 104 to 107 nationwide. Leading the conversation. Hashtag SAFM Headspace. Headline reads, Helen Zilla to shut down her Twitter account after yet another social media storm. The DA's Federal Council Chairperson, Helen Zilla, has abandoned her 1.4 million followers' strong Twitter account to start a new private account with select like-minded individuals known to her. The former DA leader cited the social media network becoming a hive of distortions as she hung up her Twitter profile on Monday afternoon. Zilla's self-inflicted Twitter red card comes as she She was caught yet again in a Twitter storm when she retweeted a controversial tweet from DAMP Galab Kachalia, which seemed to suggest apartheid was not a crime against humanity. This in the midst of another Twitter storm where she was offended about how people have reacted to her comment and her tweet about her granddaughter. She joins us on the line. Uh, Good evening to you, madam, and thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. Number one, please don't call me madam. Number two, there were at least three mistakes in your introductory blurb. First of all, I heard in your introductory blurb that you said that my new Twitter account will only be for like-minded people. That is not true. It will only be for people who like rational debate. And people may certainly have different ideas from me very rationally and be prepared to debate rationally. But there are millions of people on Twitter who are not looking for any form of rationality, let alone debate, and I'm tired of them. Secondly, I certainly am not censoring people, and my going off Twitter had absolutely nothing to do with Khaleb Kachalia's tweets and everything to do with the vile and disgusting way my granddaughter was treated on Twitter. So the tendentious introduction is fundamentally wrong, and quite frankly, it's the reason that I left Twitter, to get all of these jibes and distortions of what I say and what I do out of my life. Okay. Um, Perhaps we need to clarify that before we even get into our conversation. I am reading these articles, and I did say that this is an article that I read. Uh, This is not just my introduction. This is an article that I read, and I'm reading it out to the people for them to understand well, Where which article was from? that? Because, I mean, most of the media articles are distorted as well. All right. So you should understand that first, if you're going to take a stab at me, it is because I was reading that article. And there's three of them right here in front of me. And which ones again, are they? I, sure. I can, I can, it's the Independent Online. It's the Times oh, Live. And, yeah. So, um, the Independent Online is, is a, one section of the ANC's daily pamphlet. All right. So you understand that, again, these are not <laughs> jabs at you. All right. We have, uh, I don't remember. Okay, well, I was just putting you right. That, that's all right. I have no problem with that. Let's begin. Can okay, I carry on? Yeah. Let's begin with um, the uh, reason, your reason for uh, leaving your Twitter handle. Well, my reason was that I'm sick and tired of abuse of the people I love and the people who are close to me. On Monday, Goyne Weber and I went off to buy an air fryer, and we wanted to do it because it saves a lot of electricity and it's fun and it makes small meals, which we like. And so we went off to buy an air fryer and we came home very excited to use the air fryer. And of course, just as we were getting the food ready, 
the electricity went off. We had load shedding. And so she was very disappointed about that. But I said, no problem. We'll take out our little Kedak cooker and we'll cook on that. And we did that. And we took out our little lights, our little solar lamp, and we turned that on. And the kitchen was a ghosty glow. And so I said to her, let me take a picture of her seasoning the chicken in the ghostly light of the solar light. And she saw the picture and she loved it. And she said, let's put it on, so, uh, on social media. So I said, okay, let's do that. And then the complete venom, evil, twisted comments that came on it were so shocking that I thought, to hell with this. She wanted to see if there was any response to the tweet. And I said, no, we're not going to do this. I'm giving off this platform. It's too terrible. It was vile and evil and racist and disgusting. And that is what Twitter has become. And I don't want any part of it, although I do like to look at the attachments that people send me um, now and again of good articles. I follow some very interesting intellectuals and I read some very good articles that they post, but I've had enough of general Twitter. All right. And when you say um, general Twitter, that doesn't mean you will not be on Twitter, does it? Well, I would like Twitter, as I've said. I've started a new account called Zilla Tweets. I've already had hundreds and hundreds of people wanting to be allowed to follow. I have said to people, if I don't know them and if I haven't interacted with them rationally before, either personally or on Twitter, I'm not going to allow them to follow me because I'm sick to death of the abuse of that platform. And Twitter itself as a platform is in dire risk of dying because of this abuse. And they tried to introduce some filters to all the bots, botnets, fake accounts, sock puppets, and all of that that inhabit Twitter. But they haven't been successful at it. And I'm sure that the business model is actually going to die as a result. We have noticed that, and when I say we, I mean you as well, that this kind of conversation is also prevalent in our National Assembly. Does it mean when you find this very same kind of discourse, you will leave the Assembly? What has that got to do with me? I'm not in the assembly. I'm asking if you are objecting to the nature of conversation that is as controversial, as uncomfortable, and as you've just characterized it with your own words, you find that happening at the National Assembly, at the legislatures, wherever there's going to be a difference of opinion in political parties, you do find that nature of conversation. Does that mean that you will absent yourself from that kind of conversation every time it arises? I don't think you understand the kind of conversation that arises on Twitter. In the constitutional sense of the word, Section 16 of the Constitution, it is blatant, violent hate speech. It is disgusting racism. For all the puerile nonsense that I hear in Parliament, nothing comes close to what people are capable of behind the anonymity of a, a Twitter account. What I do believe is that Twitter people, when they register for their accounts, should have to verify their identity so that if they behave like that, they can be followed up. Because believe me, any of us, and I could certainly make many, many millions from suing people on Twitter if I could find out who they are. So your objection is the anonymity of the speakers? I believe that people should be able to tweet with a pseudonym because some people 
work in complex spaces that they can't use their own names and things like that. But I do believe that Twitter should absolutely make sure that they verify every single person so people can't pretend to be other people and people can't hide behind anonymity to defame other people and to indulge in hate speech. All right. Now let's let's talk about um, the, the the tweet that you uh, retweeted. Can you confirm that you did retweet uh, the Kachalia tweet? If you look at my Twitter account, it says very clearly that retweets are not endorsements. Yeah, sure, sure. I have no objection to that. My w- w- wish was for you to confirm whether you did retweet the Kachalia tweet. Totally irrelevant. I mean, with all the stuff that is going on in Twitter, and you pick on whether I retweet a tweet that says genocide, Nazi, fascist, are all words that should be used very carefully and applied to their real meaning. Or don't you believe that that's true? Do you believe that people on Twitter can just throw around words like fascist, like genocide, like racist, like crime and criminality, free for all? If somebody disagrees with them, they're fascist. Do you believe that? If someone has a view on something that is less liberal than another person, do you believe that it's okay to call them a Nazi? Do you believe that? Well, I don't. All right. Let me read the the, the tweet, and then perhaps um, we'll uh, bring our conversation to a close. Um, Let's do this. Yeah. The tweet reads, uh, big words like genocide, Nazi fascist, anti-Semite, and crimes against humanity must be used accurately, lest they lose their meaning. Apartheid was a pernicious system of social engineering, discrimination, and repression. I, too, indulge in the hyperbole of youth. I now know better, full stop. Did Did I read that correctly? You read that correctly, and to me that says it was a pernicious, violent, crime against humanity. Yeah. Well, uh, where were you during apartheid? Well, I was in America. <laughs> probably. And Charlie and I were in the trenches fighting apartheid in South Africa. Okay. Uh, before I even uh, uh, continue that conversation, uh, we have seven minutes. I was hoping we would use the seven minutes remaining uh, as fruitful as possible. And I'm trying to establish now, if you do not believe that this comment by uh, Mr. Kachalia is akin to that one that raised the storm for Mr. De Klerk. I don't know. Could you repeat that? I didn't hear what you said. Do you not believe that this remark by Mr. Kachalia is akin to that one made by Mr. de Klerk, which landed him in a storm. Not at all. He's saying it is a pernicious, hateful crime against humanity. Yeah. Well... What are you trying to read into it? You, this is so bloody typical. That is maybe an ambiguous tweet. I didn't read it like you, but you take anything that can be twisted... Julius Malema says the most violent, hateful things. Slit the throats of whiteness. I'm not going to kill whites yet, but their time is coming. Things that are totally unambiguous. But let one DAMP put out something that can be by the most vicious twister of words, interpreted in another way, and God knows we're in the dock. What complete double standards and nonsense and delegitimation that is. 
and you're indulging in it. While you spend all the time in apartheid in America and we're here on the ground fighting it. Okay. The, Shame the, on you. The tweet does not say it was a crime against humanity. I just well, read I, it I, right I heard now. You say that. Say that Maybe again. Maybe you interpret it differently, but that's exactly how I read it. There is nowhere in the tweet where he says it was a crime against humanity, ma'am. Well, okay. Pick out every tiny letter in that tweet and then compare that tweet to the vile, vicious, disgusting tweets that were all over Twitter on that day and explain to me why you chose that one. It's because you can slam the DA with it because you misinterpret, twist, and reinterpret it to delegitimate Kachalia, who has done far more to fight apartheid and his family has suffered far more than 90% of the people who are criticizing him. I'll remind you again, ma'am, that I am simply reading what has already been put out in the public domain. Yes, and you, I'm giving you a opportunity to respond to it. If you have the slightest capacity to read and analyze independently and objectively, you would be slamming all the distortion the decontextualization, the delegitimation, and the double standards that are going on there? Or can't you think independently? You just slavishly read whatever is in the independent online. Again, my job is not to give commentary at this point. My job is to give you the opportunity to respond to it. You are giving commentary. The very angle that you take is a comment. Right. So you do not want to respond to that question that I was asking. I have responded to your question. Okay. Now, that question was saying, do you not believe? Because your response was he was saying it was a crime against humanity. I believe apartheid was a crime against humanity. Katalia believes apartheid was a crime against humanity because I spoke to him on the same day to ask what he means. We all believe that apartheid is a crime against humanity. The clerk was involved in giving it its final legal death blow. Of course, its legacy remains. It was up to the ANC to deal with that legacy with its huge popular mandate. And instead of dealing with the legacy of apartheid, the ANC established a corrupt criminal state itself. Now stop using red herrings to deflect attention from the ANC's criminal state. Who, who, in your understanding, ma'am, is using the words like uh, crimes against humanity inaccurately? I don't know. I have no idea. I don't tweet that. You just retweeted it because? I retweet it because words like Nazi and fascist get thrown around all of the time. And hair splitting happens all of the time with the DA. Go and look at the Twitter feed of Julius Malema. I understand. You don't pick his stuff like this. My question is, who, double standard. who has used these words inaccurately? Because the tweet seems to suggest that there is somebody who is indulging in hyperbole. All right. I want to take a voice note for you, um, uh, and then we can uh, conclude. Okay, this coming thick and fast. Go ahead, Phineas. Hi, Nayan South Africans. Eddie from Mobage Foundation in Undersres. <laughs> guys, you know, sometimes it's just we are living in South Africa, freedom of speech and so on. But some of the people that are invited, they are so arrogant and wasting our time. And, you know, I don't want to dream 
for a place called South Africa, led by your guest. I mean, your guest now, Helen Zile. She's so arrogant, and she must stop saying she fought for, for um, against apartheid. Then, but she's doing the opposite. I think, no, man, you know, if I was the owner of, of, the, of the station, I want to invite people such as this. We want people who will build this country and unite all people of this country. And Helen Zile is far from that. Thank you. When you have to tell people that you are, in my case, a gentleman, it's especially a time for those people to whom you tell that to be worried. For being a gentleman is something which should be cleared. Let's work on that logic. Why do people feel always necessary when engaged in debate to raise their open, close quote, struggle credentials to validate their positions, especially when engaging with young people? What is the relevance of what one was doing in the good old apartheid days against the fact that one was either not born or in a foreign country, as Helen Zilla has just made reference to? The most unfortunate thing about that is that it speaks to entitlement of the narrative. It speaks to entitlement of the context of one's contribution being more important in the old times than the contribution that is currently being made by that young person who is holding those who are in the levers of governance and power to account in better understanding their struggle in the delivery of this constitutional settlement. It is quite unsettling that every now and then you get what is referred to as the ageism aspect of older people constantly trying to keep young people in check for when young people are trying to get a better understanding of what it is that this constitutional dispensation that South Africa now enjoys represents. And the pattern is the same. The qualifications of these people is next to zero simply because for the most part they don't have the kind of political traction they wish they had otherwise and they use as a last resort their reference to their struggle credentials. It is a pity. A great one at that. Good evening, Nai. This is Sim from Audi. So Helen Zilla can go on to Twitter, call people professional blacks. I mean, professional blacks justify colonialism and to do things about black privilege being about corruption, saying black privilege is about corruption. And then when the same dish is being fed to her, suddenly she can't handle the heat and then she wants to run out of the kitchen. No. This Ellen Zilla must be consistent. She must like the taste of her own medicine. All right. Um, I'm going to respond to two of those that are uh, perhaps, uh, well, offended by the nature of our conversation. Remember, this conversation is on the headspace and the headspace is open to robust conversation and it doesn't always have to be agreeable. We don't always have to agree with the guests and we invite any and everyone who's open to robust debate. And Helen agreed to come and speak to us here. And that's why we've invited her. We are not inviting her because we want to disagree or agree with with her while inviting her because she's willing to engage and that's why she's here. This is the open space, is the open 
platform for public discourse. So we will not. And I totally understand your feeling. But remember, this is a public broadcaster and the headspace is for that very same purpose. That said, I'm going to give uh, Helen's an opportunity to respond. You can respond to these voice notes. Well, let me just say, Naive, that if people are going to talk about history, and if they're going to talk about uh, history with that kind of authority, then they mustn't be offended when we respond, having been in that context and in that history, and having done something very relevant around crimes against humanity. And both Kachalia and I have done that. And so people mustn't be authorities on apartheid when they weren't there, and when we who were there express our feelings and describe our experiences. There are lots of people who had different experiences of the time, but there's no doubt that apartheid was a crime against humanity. I've never said anything else. And if people go and read my book, they'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Because as a journalist, I covered forced removals, I covered the past courts, I covered the removal of so-called black spots. I was there on the, on the ground. I covered deaths in detention. I covered the Commission of Inquiry into the Soweto Uprising. All of those things I covered. So I saw it firsthand, and I was a very active member of the Black Session, did all of those things. So I know exactly what I'm talking about. And if people are going to be experts on the past, then they mustn't feel bad that people raise where they were in the past and question where the so-called experts were. It's a totally relevant response. Secondly, um, yeah, this person who was allegedly quoting all my tweets was actually misquoting them. I've tweeted thousands and thousands and thousands of times, and the misquoting and distortion of three of my tweets proves my point. And that's why I'm getting off that platform, and I'm predicting that it will just disintegrate into a cesspit of revolting, non-intellectual diatribe. Are you prepared to respond about the ageism? About what? Ageism. Ageism. Because I have a different opinion to a young person. I don't know how old these people are. No one gave me their age online here. How are we supposed to know how old people are on Twitter? They don't give their age unless they do it in their bio profile. Okay. All right, we're going to conclude our conversation right now because our time is up. I want to thank you very much for coming through and talking to us. Just for a, point of, yeah, just for a point of correction there, um, um, during that time, I was here in South Africa and I was witnessing those. I was, I was not covering those. I was witnessing them firsthand with the uh, atrocities that happened there. I was a little boy who was watching grown men and women unable to deal with what they're claiming to be dealing with up until the 1988, 89 and so forth. So, yes, I was here when all of those things were happening. Unfortunately, I was a child allowed to witness those things. And one of the reasons why I decided to be a journalist, to make sure that we don't well, have public space that is going to have people who are going to be polluting it with vitriol of that kind. Okay, so exactly. And so then you would have a little bit more empathy with my granddaughter and what she had to face Sunday. Well, um, um, I, I appreciate no, you coming. No, because there's a double standard, you see? Exactly. Thank you very much, Naya. Thank you very Good much, night. Helen. It's 25 minutes before 11.
Uh, we're going to remind you once again um, to any and everyone who listens to this program that um, it's important that we try and stick to the facts as best as we can and, and accept when we have made an error. Right now, we've just, is she gone? Oh, she's gone. Okay. Um, when we have made an error. Uh, right now, um, we have um, pointed out the fact that uh, Helen Zillet made an error to assume that I was in the U.S. during the time of the struggle uh, from the years up until 1988-89 here, here in South Africa, witnessing it all. And it is an error that she was not willing to accept or admit to because twice she said you were not here you were in America and that was factually incorrect but we do understand she's gone she's not willing to she's evidently emotional and we can respect that people get emotional they get heated up in the moment and they say things and unfortunately they don't want to correct them when they've been pointed out